Well, you know what I think. I'm a Christian. I'm not going to deny that. I do want everyone to feel comfortable. That's why I'd like to talk to you about Jesus. Please do not go religious. Somebody's going to hell over there. He better not. Even the devil will speak the truth for, for his own purposes. This is war. Accept it. Back to Jerusalem podcast. Yeah, I'm back and I'm armed with righteousness. With your host, Eugene Bach. He just seems like he's got it all figured out. He's a righteous dude. Yep. Hello and welcome to another Back to Jerusalem podcast. I'm Eugene Bach, your host for this time, and I'm coming to you live on delay from somewhere within the borders of Sweden. And I got a good friend on that I haven't heard from in a while. I'm super excited to introduce you to him, some of the amazing things that he's been doing. It's a part of our business as mission that we've been talking about now for the last couple of weeks and we're going to be talking about for the next couple of months. Uh, his name is Blake Templeton. Hey, Blake, you there, brother? I'm here, man. So, I'm so excited to be on the call. Hey, thanks. I really appreciate it. You <laughs> you brought me on using Zoom. I did. <laughs> have you? I have been railing against Zoom for the last like five months, and then I was I, I dialed and then in. I, was, I, I dialed. I, I dialed the number up and I and I saw that oh this is Zoom, this is uh, <laughs> China loves it when we use Zoom. Anyway, not a problem. I'm online uh, calling with my phone, so it's not like embedded on my computer. So I'm super happy about that. I didn't have to download any software or anything. Just kind of called the number, put in a password, and boom, we were going. But it's great to hear your voice, man. I haven't seen you for a while. Yeah, it's it's definitely been a couple of years. Um, I think we grabbed a mill when you were in town a couple of years ago. But man, yeah, fired up. Um, God is moving. God is moving in uh, our business and our influence in uh, people loving Jesus. And it's a sweet time. Well, you know, we've been talking about uh, business as mission. Uh, we've been involved, as you know, we're usually starting anywhere up between like five to 20 businesses per year, small businesses, really small micro businesses, nothing like what you're doing in the U.S., but uh, we do these in the 1040 window and it usually gives a platform for missionaries to get into these areas. But one of the things that I wanted to do during this program is bring you on, listen to your perspective because you're an on fire believer, preacher, evangelist, apostle, child of God, but you're also in the business world, like in there, in the trenches, hooking and jabbing and, and you know, doing amazing things for your community as well as for the investors that are partnered together with you. And before we jump in like knee deep into, you know, some of the things that I kind of got on the table here that I kind of want to ask you, um, could you just take a minute and introduce to our audience who you are? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so first of all, if you didn't catch it at the beginning, my name is Blake Templeton. And I own an investment firm called Boron Capital, B-O-R-O-N Capital. And it's an investment firm that allows investors to invest into tangible assets and receive a strong rate of return. Um, with that, I grew up in a Christian household, played the whole Christian mask um, growing up, helped everyone else in their you know, problems, but couldn't help myself in my own problems, had a massive uh, 
just turn in my life in 2001. God literally just rose me up out of that, activated a real faith. And then 2014, somewhere in there, just a double portion of that. And um, in the business world, um, we apply. So let me back up. So in an influence, what we call influence, but in the in our spiritual influence, uh, my wife and I run a marriage conference called Healing Love, and so we've done it as far as Australia, and uh, we also run a men's conference called Gladiator Realm. Gladiator Realm is essentially an event that turns boys into men. Could be a you know 18 year old living in a 55 year old body. He just hasn't fully. Um, bought it. He just he's got addictions, or he's got problems, or he's got some numbness. Or I've had theologians, to pastors, to um, executives, to I mean anyone, and everyone, and it's just life transforming, owning your identity in a whole fresh way that the the 21st century needs. We apply the same business, the same spiritual principles in the business, from how we run our leadership to how we invest in our investments to um, how we influence our investors. And everything in between. How does that? How does that intertwine? You know, there's so many people, especially in the West, where there is kind of this feeling of mixing spirituality with business. You know, we always hear business is business. It's not nothing personal. Um, it's just right. business, right? right, right. right? <laughs> and so, I mean, how does how does that work? You being a believer, uh, do, has there ever been anybody that's like, okay, I love your business, I love your business model. But, dude, ease up on the Jesus thing. It's interesting. Um, it's very, very interesting. I'll have investors who will be like, man, I am so convicted that you're convicted. I don't even really prescribe to the spiritual stuff here. But I'm so convicted you're convicted that I want to invest all my money with you just in case there is a God, like you're going to protect it because it's with you. Uh, so it's so funny how it works in this world is so interesting. You'll find the elder in the church um, who has a very successful business and, but inside the business, there is no Christ. There is no spirit of God. There is no, so it's literally, literally like a agnostic business, but then a, a, so-called Christian in his morals and beliefs and so forth. What we would say, um, what God convicted me of is I've got to run everything through Jesus. And what that looks like in the business is uh, three things. Number one is God's wisdom directs everything. So I can't lean on my own understanding for a single thing and it's this muscle that no one builds, but it's a muscle, it's a, it's a spiritual muscle in the business world that even if, you know, the green lights on our, let's just say our due diligence in an investment, even though the green lights are on, like it, it all looks good, all the due diligence looks good, you should buy this, you know, portfolio of investments. If I don't feel the peace of the Lord, I don't feel his presence, I don't, if I don't feel like him actually saying this is yours, then we won't buy it. And then likewise, we might do a hundred, might do due diligence on a hundred different properties. And then one property is like, hey, it doesn't have all the green check marks. Like it's missing some of the, the economic indexes that is good or the, the population isn't what we need it to be in the area or the revenue for this investment is not 
but I feel the peace of the Lord. I can feel his momentum. I can feel his, his favor. And so then we buy it. And then all of a sudden we see all new revenue streams, maybe six months later, a year later that weren't there that we didn't know if we were leaning on our understanding, we would have passed it. And so then the, the, you know, the, the business flourishes because we heard God's voice. So the first thing is God's wisdom literally has to infiltrate everything. It infiltrates all the conversations, all the conflict, all the resolution, how we run our, um, how we, how we actually handle investors. Um, maybe it's God tells us to actually deny an investor who we really need his money though. But God says, no, like, don't take his money. Don't let him invest. And then at other times, it may be where um, God says, no, make him at a zero. And then so we will come in and push a little harder because like, we know his voice and his voice is actually saying he needs to invest more. And then the guy comes back later and says, you know, man, I am so, res- I respect you so much for God actually had told me, or I actually felt like maybe he just said, oh, I felt like I needed to do more, but I was already having, you know, I didn't know which, which beliefs and all the emotions of the stock market. And, you know, I didn't know if I should just leave my money in the stock market. And you told, when you said this, I knew right then I need to take it out of the stock market and to put it in real estate. So it's just how we run our team, Eugene, like I'll just keep going. You just cut me off and you're ready. But um, how we run our team we like disciple our team because the fiery darts of the enemy are real. And like, we don't have any water cooler talk. No one has water cooler talk. We don't have gossip. We don't have no one's so doubt, worry, anxiousness, frustration, bitterness, resentment, because we teach them how to wear the armor of God inside the business. And I mean, I've got, we got team in Afghanistan. He doesn't know Jesus, but he hungers for Jesus because he sees Jesus on every other, you know, member of our team, you know, and I got um, a team member in Russia. Well, she's, she's, you know, in and out. She wants Jesus, but doesn't want Jesus, but she's around people who are like six packs in the spiritual world. They like have, you know, bona fide authority that they're holding in against the demonic realm. And it's so good. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> when you can actually stand up and shine your light in a place that's dark and, and know that you own the domain you walk into, you own the, you take, you take ownership of the territory. You have victory over the territory before the battle is even taken. Man, that's what it looks like to live in a, in a dark world and be a Christian in the, in the, in the business world. Well, I, I really, I mean, I, you're so speaking my language because you said something that I was actually, I actually had, you know, as one of the questions that I was going to ask you, what happens when you come to a fork in the road where it's either a good business decision or it's something that you feel that God does not want you to be a part of? And how do you make that kind of differentiation? And you were talking about, you know, having that, and you didn't use these exact words, but I can identify with what you were saying. It's almost like this, this gut feeling, this, this, not, not so much this aura, but definitely a, a, a spark that just tells you this is not the right investment, even though on paper it might look beautiful. And then there are times where something looks absolutely like a bag of crap. And you feel, no, this, this feels right. This feels good. This is where I believe, you know, God wants us 
to to go in this. Let me let me kind of stop for a minute and ask you because people listening to this podcast might be okay. Well, Eugene, you know, you admit because I admit all the time we make investments all the time. We start businesses all the time that absolutely go down the drain. I mean, just straight down the crapper. And then we do other businesses that do really well. And what we try to do is absorb those people that are amazing people that were involved in businesses that didn't go so well into the ones that do a lot better. But when you are, when people hear me talking, they know that I'm talking about really small companies, really small businesses. Um, when people are listening to you, they may not have a, a, an understanding about kind of where you're coming from. Would you be willing to share just a, about what size of, of a company are you uh, are you talking about? I mean, it's easy for me to make these decisions when I've got like four, five, you know, at the most 20 people uh, involved in one little small business, whether that be a restaurant, hotel, travel agency, whatever. But I think you're probably talking a you're little bit different. Talking. Right? Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. Let me share. So um, we've been in business 14 years and then 300 plus transactions, what we call big and small. But what we, uh, what we focus on now is like a 30 or $40 million portfolio. That'd be a good acquisition. That'd be a transaction of maybe it's a self-storage or it's um, maybe it's mobile home parks or it's apartment complexes or something like that. So it's, um, you know, we'll do a hundred million in new assets under management in the next 12 months. And so each of those businesses, you know, are dealing with um, regional, you know, for instance, on, on apartments or um, storage or, you know, there's got, you've got regional, you've got, you know, property managers, you've got maintenance guys, you've got, um, on corporate housing, um, same thing. You've got, you know, all of those roles and down to the maintenance guy, you know, my goal is he, like every person who joins a business that we're buying or they're, or they're, they've been acquired they don't have to fall in love with Jesus all of a sudden. They just have to not want the fiery darts. <laughs> and is it's like, hey, you know, we all have the enemy attacking us with fiery darts. Do you know why? And the answer is because we are so valuable. Do you know why we're valuable? Because we were actually in a slave market, and Jesus actually bought us out of the slave market. Now, you don't have to fully buy into all that, but you do buy into fiery darts. I mean, who's had a negative thought in their head in the last 24 hours? Okay, who doesn't want a negative thought in their head anymore? Okay, so I would say it'd be a shame for you to have a thought or an emotion in your head that God doesn't have about you. And who did, you, you already said you didn't want to have it, and so God doesn't want you to have it. So we're going to all together apply, you know, disciplines that help us value our soul more. So it's like this basic thought of like, you know, good is better, bad is worse, you know? Yeah. And then people start, people start falling in love with this King Jesus. They start falling in love with this mindset of actual change. They start falling in love with, you know, having more. And, you know, this this can be done, you know, and, um, and can be done in groups of two or three or four or 5,000. And if you so wanted to, 
when you can actually bring it down to everyone on a micro level of the basics of living out what that faith looks like. Uh, let me let me ask this because I know that you you have been working on a I don't know if it's right to call it a system or a, a state of mind or a thought process or an investment process. Please educate me. Um, there's this there there's like a series that you've been doing called the Solomon Investor, where you show this Solomon way of uh, running businesses, corporations, investing money. Uh, can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've got a podcast called The Solomon Investor, and uh, I'm writing a book uh, called The Solomon Way. It'll be it'll be published in a couple months. But The Solomon Way is this mindset where I came into um, a position about five um, about five years ago. It just hit me that three thousand years ago, King Solomon actually had the exact uh, understanding of how to actually run businesses. He's the first trillionaire ever, and the first one who actually documented his story. And so this, there's three main huge pillars that he did in business. And the first one was he was God-directed. He had God's wisdom. He actually came to the Lord knowing that he couldn't lean on his own understanding and he literally submitted himself to God. God said, what do you want? He said, I want your wisdom. He said, you could have given, you could have asked for money. You could have asked for me to kill your enemies. You could have asked for anything. Um, but you asked for my wisdom. Because you ask for my wisdom, I'm going to also give you more honor and wealth than any king before you. And so uh, he actually started out with God's wisdom. Every single investment he did in the business world in his construction with the, from the 20 cities to the chariot cities to the storage cities to the luxury cities, uh, he fortified them with God's wisdom. The second thing was they were, uh, he actually did what we call, he controlled the Megiddo. He actually controlled the tangible investment. So he had a city called Megiddo, and it was the busiest trade route in the entire world. Whoever owned Megiddo controlled the world. And and it's this mindset that you've got to be able to control the, um, the traffic, the expenses, the profit. You've got to be able to control the culture. You've got to be able to control the voices in, the, in, in and around that city. You've got to be able to control the city. Um, and so that city, Megiddo, will be like a symbolic picture of an investment. Um, so you said it has to be God-directed. You've got to be able to have control over it. Because if you don't have control over it, someone else does. And this could be on a spiritual sense or a physical sense. And then in the third dimension was cash flow. It had to actually cash flow. So we talk about the stock market for a second. The stock market, you know, one doesn't have cash flow. You can't control it. And it's not done in God's wisdom. So like King Solomon would have never invested into paper investments. And so following this understanding, this three-dimensional investment for the last 14 years, uh, 300 plus transactions, not one single investor lost money Wow, that's firm. quite a statement, dude. That is that is an amazing <laughs> statement. Um, one of the things that I've noticed when it comes to investing in uh, other countries and starting up other businesses in, in, in other countries is that once you walk away from the Christian dynamics that is so prevalent in the West, you basically walk into a, almost a guaranteed um, uh, black zone for just losing and throwing away money and resources. 
right? So when I invest, it, whether it's in Afghanistan, whether I invest in Iran, whether it's Iraq, whether it's Saudi Arabia, whether it's North Korea, um, if I use their system and I, and I start a business using their system, all the odds are against me. Absolutely against me. Absolutely and, against me. One of the things that I noticed is that as I am flying, like if I get on a plane in Amman, Jordan, and I'm flying over Jordan, because that's such a quick trip from Amman to Tel Aviv in Israel. Tel Aviv. And so as I'm flying, um, that because it's such a short trip, that the, the aircraft always stays at a pretty low elevation. And dude, you don't even have to guess where Israel starts. It's like Jordan looks like it was built on the moon. Like there's no life form that you can see from the, the air. But once you see the border of Israel, it's like green. Now, Israel was not naturally green. It, I mean, that place for that for a place that is called, you know, the the land of milk and honey. <laughs> it's in the middle of the desert. It has no oil. It has none of the resources that their neighbors have. And it's like, dude, this sucks. This place really does suck. But the concepts that the Jews implement from the Old Testament set up an economy that is bound to succeed. We see it there. As soon as you arrive in Israel, you feel like you're in Southern California. Once you leave Israeli territory into Palestinian territory, you go back into that black abyss where nobody wants to make any investments because they can't make long-term predictions because things are so dishonest. Things are um, uh, up in the air when it comes to, you know, who will be in charge the next day. Uh, there's people are friendly, but there there's, you don't have those concepts that we get from the 10 commandments. And when you go into Christian countries, you know, I'm doing this podcast now from a Christian country, Sweden, you're in a Christian country in the U S and those areas, those nations, those cities, even if they are considered to be uh, secular, they're, they're still somehow bit of benefiting from the rules that were from put in place by Christian Judaic values and understanding that come from the Bible. The reason I bring that up is because what rules, what concepts, what things that are like, if I, if I were was to ask you, what is the top biblical principle that you feel has been the the number one uh ha, has had the biggest impact on your business if i i know that there's probably a million out there it's almost like saying what's your favorite color right but uh I, what is there any biblical principle that you would say this i hold on to tightly because it is the foundation for good business does that make sense yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, mm, yeah, I mean, a couple come to my mind. Number one, um, it would be the fear of the Lord. So mm, the fear of the good. Lord is the Greek word phobos, uh, phobia. It's where we get arachnophobia. And most people are like, yeah, you can't have a trembling fear of God. No, no, it's a trembling fear of being out of God's presence. Wow, that's good, and, dude. That is really good. I love that. Not kind of took me by surprise with that one. That that's awesome. <laughs> so having a trembling fear of being out of God's presence, then it's this mindset that if the shield, all the way through the Word in Psalms, especially, is the shield of 
faith is actually God. He's like, I, I, I guard you with my shield, but his shield, if it's going to block fiery darts from like lies from the enemy, it's going to be his emotions and his thoughts. So he's actually saying, take upon my, my thoughts and my emotions. Like that's, what's going to give you favor. Cause you'll think like me, you'll, you'll literally have, you'll lean on me. You'll have me all day long, 24 seven and all your thoughts and your decisions to make discernment and wisdom. Well, if you, have the fear of the Lord, you have a trembling fear of losing his thoughts and his emotions and then starting to have the enemy's thoughts and the enemy's wow. emotions. Wow. So that would be the number one thing that I'd say that creates favor, creates you know wealth. Wisdom has a direct correlation with wealth for sure. Uh, let me let me ask this. Um, has there been an investment that, <laughs> that you're willing to own up to where it has just gone south? Uh, where, where you feel like um, you you made some really big decisions and it just kind of piled on uh, as you went along. Are there are there failures that you have learned from? And if so, what what can you can you like give a uh, the the opposite of a testimony, the testimony of failure? Sure, um, and I think it really will complement what's happened in some of the small businesses that you guys have done. Um, but I had, I had one, it was in corporate housing, and one mental framework to understand is that though wisdom is directly correlated with wealth, lack of wealth is not directly correlated with lack of wisdom. Because sometimes God literally puts something before us and then takes it away, and then it might not come back for years, but with him, a year is a thousand years. I mean, a day is a thousand years, and a thousand years a day. Time has no relevance. So he might bring the blessing for you walking in favor, not actually, you know, changing directions, even though it something went south. And he then brings the blessing later. You know, so long story short, I had a corporate housing deal where um, corporate housing fully furnished, all bills paid, housing for um, people in the oil industry. Well, we had. Um, super successful oil housing. And I felt very strongly that God said, build uh, another another phase of 50 beds, another phase of 50 uh, units, if you will. And then um, I felt the Lord say, okay, instead of doing 50, do 200. And so we kind of each time have to like re regroup in our engineering and getting it set up where we can do a bigger phase. Well, then I hear the Lord say, do 800. Okay, 800 is wow. a small town. Okay? <laughs> wow. Like, yeah, you're going from 50 to 800. That's a big jump. Yeah, it, you know, it was, was going to end up being a $32 million uh, project development. Um, it it would have been our most profitable project um, at that time. And long story short, um, I go in into, you know, three or $400,000 of engineering and, um, just so much more to work to go 800 versus 50. And then the Lord gives me this feeling of, okay, son, now don't do any, don't do any more corporate housing right now. And it's this like deep gut, like two inches below your belly button, like gut feeling of God saying, I don't want you to do any more right now. And I'm like, I heard him. Um, I know the voice. I heard the voice. And I've already spent the money. 
And now he's like, don't do it now. And I struggled and struggled for another two weeks. And, but the, the voice got stronger and stronger and almost a sour feeling of like, if you don't change, it's going to be bad or it's going to be worse. <laughs> and so this is before the whole oil stuff went, you know, crazy. And long story short, I finally just come to a point to our team. I'm like, guys, <sighs> uh, the Lord actually wants us to, we are not moving forward. And, you know, we finished paying out $300,000, $400,000 worth of bills to engineering and all that other stuff. And I had to take the loss. Our investors didn't have to take the loss. I had to take the loss personally. And the Lord just made it really clear, like, I will bless you for that decision. Like, I will bless you for actually just listening to me and not listening to the earthly you know, realm, like leaning on your own understanding and saying like, I don't know what that voice is, but 800 is going to produce a lot of money. Let's go do 800 more beds. And then uh, right now, you know, uh, those 800 beds wouldn't be, they wouldn't be occupied. And whether they would be occupied or not is kind of irrelevant. It's like hearing God's voice, like not being away from his voice fearing being out of his presence, like fearing God being, the fear, the trembling fear of being out of his presence and not hearing what he wants. And I'll just kind of sum it up with this. It's the idea that if I'm sitting in heavenly places, so I'm not of this earth, I'm sitting in heavenly places because I have his thoughts and his emotions. If he's okay with whatever's going on, whether it's a financial thing, whether a country wars that comes against the U.S. and has a war and says crazy. If he's okay, then I'm okay. Mm, like no matter good. what the situation is, if 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 it came to a point where investors need checks to be paid out and something went crazy and I couldn't pay him, but if he's okay, then I'm okay. All I want to do is I just want to please him. Mm. I just want to please him. Because I know if I can please him, he has abundant resources. He has all, he, he has all things working in his favor. He's in control of all things. He's supreme in all ways. And so that's what's allowed us to, uh, to gain capacity for his intimacy, which then gains us the opportunity to, to have the abundance when he brings the abundance because we're actually leaning on him versus our own. Feelings. Let me let me ask this. Um, when you you know stood in front of your team and you said, guys, uh, I just don't feel like whatever word or verbiage you used, but you said, you know, yeah. hey guys, I just don't feel that the Lord wants me to go forward with this eight hundred you know bed project, this eight hundred unit project. Um, if I didn't believe in the Lord and I'm an investor and I'm hearing you say that and I'm seeing cash leave my pocket because of your superstition. Uh, I, right. I think that I would be a little bit like, whoa, 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 you know, go to church if you want to with granny. But now we're talking about, you know, taking food from my mouth. Did you have anybody that approached you and said, Hey, you know, I know that you got the heebie jeebies, but I don't buy into that. And this is good. This is a good investment. This is solid. This is, I've already put my money into your company for this project. Did you have any pushback at all? That's a great question, Eugene. Um, one thing to remember is, is that the entire time 
from the very beginning of the quote unquote invest um, infant relationship of the investment with the investors. They know my principles. They know my ways, whether they want to follow or don't want to follow. They know how I'm filtering everything. They respect how I'm filtering it. So they didn't get their money back. You know, I, I moved their money into other investments and, you know, we had millions invested into it. And I'm like, Hey, you can, you know, we're just going to move your money into a different investment. And, um, and I just had to reveal the clarity, the confidence of the Lord, of what he had spoken, what he had felt, what he, what I knew to them. And ironically, um, the majority, it was this like, I really respect that you're not going to do a $32 million investment when they would do this for you guys. And, um, you know, though we, I think I had two investors that were frustrated with it because what it was going to do for them. Now that's not going to happen for them because they were going to be, you know, they were going to make a good return. Um, but it's ironic, um, it's ironic when push comes to shove, whether they actually wanted to reinvest or got frustrated or, you know, it's like all other voices have to disappear because I just have one, the voice of one has to please. That's, uh, dude, that's so awesome. Now I know that you have actually, I mean, you, you talked about it a little bit when you talked about healing love, when you talked about the gladiator realm, uh, you personally invest yourself into the lives of others uh, so that they can also uh, be experiencing what you're experiencing. Um, and I've seen just a little bit on what you have shared and where people have tagged you in different photos on social media and stuff. And there there have been some really uh, amazing testimonies come out of people that have been working alongside you, that have um, uh, taking on some of your ideas and your consultation. There's, 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 there's one, there's one person that, that tagged you, um, in, in a, uh, t- a story where they said that you had helped them reach over $10 million in sales. Is that, is that common? Is that something that happens a lot? Uh, are there a lot of people that have come to you where you have helped them, you know, reach different financial goals? Um, yes, um, more so, I mean, I, I do consulting for eight and nine figure companies and, um, it's definitely, you know, it's, I answer it in two different ways. One is, so the answer is yes. Two is, uh, the principles in the consulting, part of the principles are the exact same thing we're talking about right now. It's like, if, if, if they're making, you know, a small eight figure number, the number one way that they can actually grow their wealth is quit, you know, allowing the fiery darts to hit them. So they could be agnostic. It doesn't even matter. You've got to have the fiery darts not hitting you and you're going to have to lean on one who actually can block the fiery darts for you. And so I, I, I've had guys double and triple their, uh, their wealth just by starting to learn the secrets of the Bible, realizing that there's actually tangible meat 
in the Bible that actually can benefit their life and um, their quality of thinking, their quality of, you know, their purpose, their direction, and why they're doing something, you know, getting them out of the, the, the numbness and the lack of discernment and the lack of value and actually walking in value, having more confidence in their identity. And yeah, so it's, it is, uh, it's a pretty sweet thing. Yeah, I mean, I saw you, there was a guy by the name of Zach Morrow, and there was like this big kind of dedication that you guys did together. And I was like, wow, you know, you are not just using these principles to enrich yourself, but you have taken steps to help better the lives of others as well. Um, as you know, I know that your time is valuable and I'm so thankful that you have willingly come on and joined us and given up, a, you know, a, a part of a very busy day. Uh, but as we start to wrap up now, I, I, I want to shift just for a minute and, and ask you because, you know, we have had partners with B2J that have dropped off because they're like, you know, you're a ministry, not a business. Stop running it like a, there's a lot of things that you're doing that I'm not comfortable with. I wish you would be a ministry and not a business. Uh, are, have you been involved in ministry at all where people uh, come and say, I, I think that you are running this ministry or your approach to this ministry is too business minded and not spiritual enough? Have, have you come in uh, in uh, into in in face to face with that opposition at all? You know, it's a really interesting question. Um, yeah, it's a you know to me it comes across the a Pharisaic you know spirit, and it's just a way of the the I mean it's the regular traditional church world, but it's what I call it the, the Pharisee spirit of you know let's go do spaghetti dinners to raise our money for our thing not actually create real, you know, tangible money by selling something to go <laughs> create ministry. Yes. Like, it's like, you know, the hardest part for me with that mindset is like, we want to go do the spaghetti dinner for the missionary who's going to go overseas. They stay overseas for three months and get pregnant, get sick, get tired of doing it. And they come back. We just wasted all that money because all they did was go to language school for three years, you know? So it's like, are we, are you kidding me? No, if people are wanting to start a real business and are really wanting to actually, you know, create their own, like, let's help them start the business. Like, I mean, they're actually wanting to put their, their flag in the ground, own a domain, put their flag in the ground on a territory that wasn't theirs. Now they're going to claim that it's theirs because they want to shine light in that territory. Let's go help people thrive. You know, that's the exciting part. And so, um, yeah, it's a shame that that, that, that spirit still exists. But um, yeah, I love no, what I, you guys I, are I doing. What, I know what you're doing is making a huge impact. Yeah, I know what what you just said makes a lot of sense. And I've, and I've sat down with other ministry directors and talked with them about this. Because, you know, I work with different ministries in the United States that have pretty large budgets. And they have been attacked. Now, they secretly support us. They don't openly support us just because... Uh, a lot of the stuff that we do together would not be legal. And so they don't want to advertise that they are involved in illegal activity in China or elsewhere. And so uh, a lot of the support from these big, well-known ministries, if I said their names, most of the people would immediately, whether Christian or not, would recognize them just because they have such a media presence, not just a Christian one. And sometimes these ministries have been attacked for, you know, having an advertising budget of like, 
uh, 30%, 40%, 50%. And people are like, you know, all that money, all that donation is being used for advertising for the ministry when it could be used directly for the ministry. And I, that's not the boat that we are in. We, we have, we have a different setup where we're at, but we're on the ground. But I often come to the defense of these guys because one, I know their heart Two, I've worked together with them. Three, <laughs> I see what their ministries are doing with that you know, 30, 40% that they're putting onto the field. And what I usually tell people, you can have a hundred percent of a, of a brownie cook off in your church parking lot and send a hundred percent of that to missions and a hundred percent of that will go to missions. But I know a lot of mission groups on the ground that don't have access to any fundraising at all. And if you give them the chance to have 5% 5% of $100 million or 100% of a brownie cook-off, I can tell you which one would make a bigger impact where they're at. Um, and, and because we, sometimes we get so caught up with this judgmental attitude, which I think is exactly what you just said. It's this Pharisee type of attitude that says that things have to be done this way because I said so, because I believe so. And there's this religious spirit attachment that comes in and, and judges it. And I found myself in that same uh, boat where I can easily come out with a religious spirit and start to judge somebody that does things differently than I do myself. But one of the things that I love about the Bible is the fact that it has been written by 40 different authors over a period of several thousand years where they come from different cultures. They, they, they have uh, different ways of doing things. They have different sins, different failures, different successes, different strengths. But God uses them all in his way. And, he's, and, he, and even though he, his process may not be repeated, one of the things that I think was absolutely essential of what you said is the fear of the Lord was shared by every one of those authors. And that fear of the Lord and that fear of being separated from his presence allowed them to be listening to his word and be uh, uh, led by his guidance. So I, I love that, brother. I, I want to thank you so much for sharing. If people are listening to this podcast and they're wondering, you know, how can I learn more? Uh, how can I get in touch with, with Blake about the healing love, about the gladiator uh, realm, about the, uh, the, the Solomon's way, uh, the Solomon investor ideas when that book is going to come out? Or if they just want to see more about your company, your blog, your ministry, where's a good place or places for them to get that information? All right. Uh, I'll give you a couple for my Solomon Investor podcast, where we break down how King Solomon did it with, you know, the the, the ancient secrets of the Bible, how he built wealth. It's uh, Solomon Investor. So if you just go to your favorite podcast platform and type in Solomon Investor. Um, and then for actually... Um, understanding how we do business, how we actually, you know, you can go look at offerings. You can go look at in our back office of, of our actual um, business of our investment firm. The website is boron cap. So like, a, like, like boron capital B is in boy O R O N boron cap.com. And then one more, 
um, for healing love and gladiator realm and learning more about those events. And we're in the process of turning those to virtual. So all of our friends from other countries, you know, you go to plug in to do a three day um, boot camp style. Um, it's really intense, change a life forever, really good, fun, um, transforming material is Blake, excuse me, BlakeTempleton.com. So just my name, Blake, B-L-A-K-E, Templeton, like a church temple, and T-O-N, T-E-M-P-L-E-T-O-N.com. Awesome, brother. BlakeTempleton.com. So anybody that's listening to this podcast, I highly advise you go and check out Blake. He's awesome. I met him when I was in Texas together with Brother Yun on tour. We have been great friends since. We also did a business as mission, which is kind of a down and dirty of of what it looks like to invest in missions on the field. You can go to whatever platform you use for your podcast and just type in Solomon Investor Podcast. And there you will find his podcast. You can also go to Broncap, B-O-R-O-N-C-A-P.com. That's his company, his organization. You'll be able to find him there as well. Or you can go to his personal website, BlakeTempleton.com. Blake, brother, it's been a pleasure. Real honor. Thank you so much. Eugene, it's been my pleasure as well. It's so good to hear your voice. And, uh, <laughs> man, we, we uh, oh, I love our stimulating conversations. Um, it's a lot of really good stuff. Hey, one more thing. Um, my book's The Solomon Way. I want to actually give it, as soon as we publish it, I want to give it to your listeners for free. Um, so, and I don't know how this works with international phones, but they can text. So just pull out your cell phone and text the word Solomon to the phone number 31996. And um, that would put you into, it would send you a link. And then as soon as it comes out, then it'll allow you to um, get the book and all you pay for the shipping handling for it. And I'd love to give it to your listeners for free. Wow, dude, that's awesome. Uh, If you are in the U.S. or Canada, you can uh, text Solomon to 31996. Uh, and get the book for free when it is available. As I understand, it's not available yet, but when it is available, if you are an international listener and listening from another area, one of the 110 nations that are downloading this podcast, send us a personal email at info at backtojerusalem.com info at backtojerusalem.com. We will get you that information and and find a way around not having a phone to send in that text so that, and and it may be that, you know, you will have to pay a little bit extra for the the shipping or whatever, but I promise you if it was done by Blake, it's going to be awesome. Thank you, brother. Hey, you're so welcome. God bless you guys. God bless you as well. And uh, say hello to uh, your wife. I can't wait till I'm back in Texas to see you guys again. Once this travel ban is uh, up and lifted. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Bless Blessings you. on you, buddy. Right. Again, uh, if you are listening to this podcast, you are a small business owner, you're a big business owner. You're thinking about getting into business for yourself. This is somebody that I would highly recommend. He's somebody that I kind of chased after to get on this podcast just because I know that he is a passionate believer, as you just heard on this podcast. But he's also a smart businessman uh, growing, you know, uh, this multi million dollar 
you know, just this year they will have, he said, more than $100 million of, of transaction and asset management uh, just for this year. So $100 million. This is a guy that has basically built up his company with not just grit, hard work, determination, but also fear of the Lord, which I think is something that we can all learn from. And I think that if you're going to jump into business, if you're going to um, uh, start business fresh, or maybe your business is, is reaching an area where it's just this plateau, this stagnation that you want to shake off, Blake is one of those people that I think can inspire you. And it can be an amazing blessing to tap into his material to see what God has done through his life and his businesses to be a light in his community to share the gospel of Jesus Christ through business. I want to thank you so much for downloading this Back to Jerusalem podcast. Again, I'm Eugene Bach, your host for this time, and I'm coming to you live on delay from somewhere within the borders of Sweden. God bless you.